Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon, Ed Montana, alongside me today in the virtual world, my brother Alex. Alex, how you doing? What's up, Eddie? I'm doing great, man. We're into November. I get to do a bunch of uh, shopping. I ain't got no job, so now I'm going to be like online looking for like the latest and greatest deals at like two, three in the morning. It's fucking great. <laughs> the thought of shopping almost ruins the holidays for me. Yeah, well, you know, that's the beautiful thing about, uh, you know, technology and you get to an Amazon and all that and you get to do all the shopping online, bro. Yeah, but even but even that, I don't like it, you know, because like there's nothing that there's nothing that irritates me more than looking for something, finding it on Amazon and then them telling me, oh, yeah, we're not shipping that until February. It's like, bro, that doesn't mean no good. Well, you got my wife, wife's going to divorce me by the time February rolls around. Well, it'll be in just in time for Valentine's Day, and then she'll get back with you. <laughs> I tell you what, I have done that. I have done that before, where I bought something for Christmas, and then they, they send me a notice a couple of days later that the shipping's not going to happen until January. I'm like, file that away in the Valentine's Day gift department. There you go. See? See? One less thing to do. Thinking, thinking, always <laughs> thinking. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of thinking, I mean, I know what Justin Turner was thinking, but in a way, what was Justin Turner thinking, right? Like, so the Dodgers win the World Series on Tuesday, thanks to Kevin Cash. I mean, thanks to Mookie Betts. Um, and, you know, in the eighth inning or ninth inning, they pull Justin Turner out because he's got COVID. They figure out he's got COVID. I don't know how they figure this out in the eighth inning, but whatever. They take him out. The Dodgers go on to win the game, and he comes out to celebrate. Now, hear me out. I don't have a problem with him celebrating. I get it. You've waited your whole career for this moment. I understand. Go out and celebrate. But, dude, just put a mask on. Just just help your fellow teammates out. I realize no one's got to go to work the next day, and they're all going to be hung over anyway. But at least wear the mask. You know, like, at least just try not to get other people sick. And here, not even his teammates, right? Those are all young, healthy guys. But, you know, Dave Roberts has a condition. Kenley Jansen has a, a condition. There's other old people. The guy that – the guy that owns the Dodgers or whatever that guy was, the one that talked for 20 minutes before we found out who the MVP was, that guy's old. I mean, come on, Justin Turner. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, I'm not the guy to say, hey, don't go out there and celebrate because honestly, if that was me, I would uh, I would fucking want to be out there too. But and the mess, And the crazy part is he had a mask on at one point and then he took it off and hid it underneath his red beard right i'm like have you, you have it strapped on to your ears you just just use it yeah just use it the only decision more confusing than that one was that of kevin cash taking out blake snell after 69 pitches in a dominant performance in the fifth inning yeah i i mean i told you we were sitting at the bar and i told you that it's gonna the wheels are gonna fall off if he takes him out and long and behold, he fucking took him out. Yeah, you know, it, it, it wasn't a game seven situation, but obviously for them, it was an elimination game. Yeah. They needed, they were getting, they were getting exactly what they wanted from him, right? They were getting a dominant performance. And 
look, I understand the analytics and I understand that he hasn't gone real deep in the games this year. But at that point, man, you just let it all hang out. We're talking about the World Series. We're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about trying to get the second wild card spot here. You know, we're not talking about a game in July. This is the this right. is game six of the World Series. You got to go for it. Yeah, I didn't understand that. And then on top of that, you got to he had, he was going to face their eight nine one hitter. Well, right? so you're the, facing the. It was the nine hitter that got the hit. So he was he was coming up on one two three, but there was one out, right? And that one two three that he was about to face a combined zero for six with six strikeouts up to that point in the game. Right. So, I mean, like, I mean, you have to leave in your best pitcher. At that, in, that, in that scenario, you leave your best pitcher to face the opponent's best hitters. Plain right. and simple. Absolutely. Plus, I mean, Snell had, had just – I mean, he had nasty stuff in game two. Dodgers couldn't hit. Yep. And he was – I mean, he was dealing again in game six. I just I, – I didn't get that, man. And I feel real bad for Kevin Cash, but – you just can't make a decision. I mean, baseball is one of those sports where you just have to go with the flow of the game. Like, you know, I, I, if you've heard me many of times here on, on, on this podcast, I'm not with all the analytical bullshit. So that in that scenario, you got to throw that stuff out the window and just roll with what you have going on right now. And, you know, you, sometimes you got to manage, manage the game, yeah. manage the flow of the game and not o- overthink it. There's no yeah. reason to, there was just no reason to fucking take him out. And I think the rest of the world <laughs> agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just can't take him out. And, and, and to be honest, like, I'm an analytics guy. I, I'm all for the numbers. But you're right. At some point, you have to inject the human element and understand what, what you're seeing in front of you. And Look, if he was if he was shaky one or two innings, if his pitch count was getting up around 90, okay, I kind of understand it. Then you fall back on your analytics and say, okay, he's at 90 pitches and this is the third time around. Let's let's get him out of there. But I mean, what what you're looking at is a masterpiece. I mean, if he goes if he makes it through the 5th, uh, if he makes it through the 6th, I don't know how many innings he was going to go, but I mean, he very well could have pitched just seven shutout innings. And, you know, it, it, I mean, literally, I don't, I don't think he would have gone the whole way, but he was pitching a gem, an absolute gem at that point. He had the hitters very off balance. No one was hitting the ball hard. Even the hit that he gave up to start that inning or after one out wasn't a ball that was, you know, roped somewhere. It was – you know, it was lofted right behind second base. It just wasn't hit that hard, really. I mean, you got to give the guy – you got to give the guy more leeway. And, look, what do we say a lot of times with pitchers and hitters, right? If you got a fastball pitcher and a fastball hitter, you don't tell your pitcher to start throwing curveballs, right? You challenge him with right. your best. If he beats you with your best, okay, tip of the cap to him, right? And I think it's the same thing here. Um, Kevin Cash had to say – I, I think he should have said, this is my best. If you beat my best, well, you deserve to win, and I don't, right? But he takes him out. And then the other side that's not getting as much airtime is he went to Anderson, a guy who had given up a lot of runs in the last week or so. 
a guy who seemed like he was running out of gas, just in general, he didn't have the same pop on his fastball in the last few games against the Dodgers, and he was getting touched up. So it's like bring in someone else. Bring in – I mean, you don't take out your best pitcher to bring in – I understand he was your best reliever during the season, but obviously, again – Put the analytics aside. What have you seen lately? What is the trend? And the trend was the Dodgers were, were touching them up. Yeah, unless unless the Rays, unless Kevin Cash was going to bring in Tyler, Tyler Glasnow, I mean, you fucking just leaving Blake Snell. Yeah. Plain well, and simple. That's that. Um, congratulations to you. You said Corey Seager would win the MVP, and Corey Seager won the MVP, and deservedly so. I think he had an awesome series. Yep. Uh, there were other guys that they talked about. Mookie Betts certainly had a great series. Clayton Kershaw had a great series. Muncie had a lot of clutch hits. But when you look back on it, I thought Corey Seager was was the changing was the changing factor in that game in that series. And the only guy that I thought might get it over Seager would have been Clayton Kershaw a little bit because of his popularity and how good he is. Kind of like a sentimental pick, although he was very good as well. I'm not saying he wasn't a bit yeah. of a sentimental pick and the general love that we have for pitchers and how much, uh, how much we, how much credit we give them when things go well. Yeah. If Seager wouldn't have won it up, I, I mean, I would have guessed Kershaw as well, but good for Seager, um, you know, he got the, he got to um, be interviewed by uh, Rob Manfred who sounded pretty drunk up there. I mean, I, don't, I really wonder what he was drinking before that post game. I mean, he sounded very uh, – he sounded like he was feeling really good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, hats off to baseball. Aside from the hiccup with the, uh, with the Marlins and the Cardinals, um, they seem to learn from their mistakes along the way, and the playoffs went off without a hitch except for Justin Turner. Um, hey, any idea what would have happened if that had to go to a game seven? As far as scheduling, would they have? Do you think they would have played it the next day? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do because that they would, they would have somehow miraculously been able to get like rapid testing, and if nobody else tested positive, then then I yeah, think they would have. I. I think they would have played the next day regardless of any testing. And if anyone popped positive, they'd have just sat him down and look. No different than an injury, right? Those are the breaks. I mean, I, I think the real question when it pertains to, to all that testing stuff is, did they really find out during the game that Justin Turner tested positive? And if they knew before the game – why didn't they just like delay the game a little bit or just not play him at all? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like did, did they receive a, a, did they get a call on their telephone, on their rotary in the dugout saying, Hey, you need to pull Justin Turner. The same, the same phone they used to call the bullpen. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I don't understand that, you know, like that, that's kind of, that's kind of fucked up. If they knew, and he still played, and then, and then they took him out once they got the lead, a comfortable, you know, a, a, a comfortable lead, let's say three to one, right? Because it was three to one when they pulled him. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of messed up. 
if, if they, if they let this, that happen. The story goes that um, apparently he had tested inconclusive a couple of times. And so there was another test done right before the game or, or the day before the, this game, like on Monday. And that, when it made it through the lab, they didn't get the results until literally during the game. And then they had to run it through MLB. And then those channels of communication had to work and, and to eventually get it to the dugout. And that happened in the eighth inning. Well, I think that's pretty poor by the part of baseball and the Dodgers. If it's inconclusive, then he probably shouldn't play because, well, we don't know. Well, you know but, I mean? but you can't, you can't really, you can't do that, right? Because on the, I mean, I, I, I sure get you your can. point, but on, the, but on, the, but, but on the other side, there have been, according to some articles that I read, there have been several inconclusive tests, not just with the Dodgers, but with other teams in the playoffs, that, you know, they a result came back inconclusive for some reason. They tested him again, negative. They tested him again, negative. And so, you know, the inconclusive really didn't mean anything. So I don't know the science behind the test. How exactly do you end up with an inconclusive test? But if it's inconclusive, it's inconclusive. You can't, you know, you can't disqualify a guy for being inconclusive, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of like replay. Yeah, but you're not disqualifying the guy. You're, I mean, you're, you're taking safety measures. I mean, you've gotten right, you're, this You're taking far. the guy out. You've got, you've got, baseball has gotten this far to game six of the World Series, okay? If you're not sure if someone is positive or not, then the right thing to do for safety measure, right, for, for you know, for everybody's sake and like you mentioned earlier for Dave Roberts sake for Kelly Jansen's sake I mean you you just don't you don't play him you tell him stay at the hotel or something or just you just don't I mean that would be the right if we're doing the right thing in society and today then the right thing to do would be not to play him not to not to expose everybody else just in case. I mean, I, I understand, well, here, but, and then another the thing, thing, yeah, but I mean, if, if he, you know, I mean, you just can't have a guy around like that if, if you're not sure, plain and simple. That's just, that's just my, my opinion on that. And, you know, right. and luckily, I, and I, it, luckily it worked out because I think it could have been worse, yeah. right? Oh yeah, so, absolutely. So, well, here, but here's the counter argument to that, and I understand your point, but <clears throat> on the flip side, apparently they were testing him just about every day. So he's been negative, 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 and then all of a sudden it's an inconclusive, right? So that could be a fault of the test, and there have been a lot of tests that have been inconclusive, and then it turns out the person's negative, right? So I, I also understand the other side of it, that you can't take a guy out on an inconclusive test when he's been testing negative all along, right? It's kind of like the PED thing, right? If he's, if he's getting tested every day and he's negative and then one day it's inconclusive, you got to test him again. You can't automatically say, well, you're suspended for PEDs on an inconclusive test, right? They go back and they test the other sample and blah, 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 right? They do confirmation testing to make sure that what they got is right. It's a, it's a very, it's a very dicey situation. And, and quite frankly, what's very interesting about this is it's really a microcosm of what's going on in our country, right? 
this little instance of life in baseball, because it happens to be in the spotlight of the most important games of the season and, and baseball being, you know, one of the big major sports in this country, it's really a microcosm of what's going on in this country, right? With testing and getting results back. I mean, you and I both have been tested and we both experienced different time frames of when we get results back and things like that. So it's, you know, it, it, it's, I can see both sides of it. I'm, I am okay with the, if, if they tested him all along and he was negative and then he popped inconclusive and then they tested him again and the channels of testing were such that they didn't find out until the eighth inning and then they took him out. I'm okay with that. I understand that. And, and overall, I'm okay with it. Now, where it gets a little, not necessarily shady for me, but certainly brings questions to mind is, man, they, so he was inconclusive. They tested him again. Surely they would have fast-tracked that, right? Like, surely that would have gone to the lab faster. Um, there would have been a heightened sense of urgency to get the communication back from the lab to MLB to the Dodgers, right? That's the part that to me seems a bit irresponsible and like, well, did we really find out in the eighth inning or, you know, did the Dodgers just not answer the phone? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like they're calling the Dodgers left and right and the Dodgers are like, MLB? Hmm, that might be about Justin Turner. Ignore. <laughs> right, yeah. Go straight to voicemail. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's just one ring and, hello, you've reached the Los Angeles Dodgers. You're <laughs> not available right now. Please leave your message at the tone. Beep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, right? But, yeah. you know, it's, it's over with now. And, uh, now. Right. I, I would have I preferred if, uh, if they would have just baseball would have made the Dodgers forfeit that game so we can have a game seven. I mean, they could still go back and do it. We can have a game seven right now. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it be something <laughs> if they found out that the Dodgers violated some kind of protocol, made them forfeit game six and come back now a week later, all you need to go back to Dallas and play game seven. That would be awesome. I'll be all that for that. Be. But you know, Dodgers, <laughs> Dodger fan would be having a stroke. Oh, could you imagine? Right, oh, make them forfeit a game, and you know the first thing they'd say, "Give us the 2017 World Series, make the Astros forfeit that." <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's all like I said. It's all done and dusted. Hats off to the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're the best team during the season. They deserve to win the World Series. Whatever COVID shenanigans there may have been. Yeah. Speaking of all, I'll tell you what's not all done. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not done. Now, listen, let's get They're right done. into football. Tell me, at 7-0, after beating a good Baltimore Ravens team on the road, right? That was in Baltimore. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With no fans. Regardless. In, <laughs> they had to travel to Baltimore. Hey, look, you cannot call them pretenders anymore. They are contenders. That was a very good win by the Steelers, but I am still calling them pretenders. They got outgained. Look, they lost because of turnovers and turnovers. That's it. They got outgained in yardage and time of possession. Uh, they they got outgained in, in, in 
every category. So yes, I am still calling them pretenders. Well, look, if you're calling them pretenders at seven and zero, oh, we have yes. no contenders for the Super Bowl this year because they are the only undefeated team. We're talking about almost half a season, Alex. It's time you give them their due. They are contenders. They beat they beat the team that was favored to win their division. They've played everyone that they every everyone on their schedule that's put it, that's been put in front of them. They've beaten. They're seven and zero for a reason. That's a good football team. They find ways to win. Turnovers are part of the game, man. Penalties are part of the game. That's just the way it goes. It's time to tip your hat and say, "Hey, we got to look out for these guys. These guys could go all the way." Nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I'm sorry. I mean. Who do they play they, next they, week? Uh, I don't know. I don't. What's going to be interesting with the Steelers? They play. They play. Oh, they're going to win. They play the Cowboys. Oh, jeez. I mean, look at the schedule, bro. They play the Cowboys, the Bengals, the Jaguars, and then the Ravens again. I mean, that's a come on, man. Look, they the, could be the, ten and zero going the, into that game. The the interesting thing with 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 the Steelers is going to be, you know, they they had their bye week very early in the season, yeah. so you know, ho- hopefully they don't you know get any more injuries. That way, you know, they they can put their best team on the field, you know, come playoff time and all that. But uh, so that'll be interesting. You know, it gets colder later on during the season, and players just start to, you know start yeah. getting injured, right? That's part of the game. But I'm not I'm not sold yet on the Steelers. Make, I think make that it, make it make it to the AFC championship game, then then I'll tip my hat. Well in that case then you're saying there's only two contenders. No, I'm just I'm just saying I, I just I don't Big Ben looked pretty shitty out there to me. I mean, he he threw some fucking ugly ducks, man. I'm not so I'm I'm just not sold on the team. Plain and simple. I'm not I'm not tipping my hat yet. I don't care if they were. I don't care what their record is right now. I'm not. We've seen plenty of teams in the past be eight and zero, nine and zero, ten and zero, eleven and zero, and I don't think they won Super Bowls. I see what you're doing here. I get it. You're setting yourself up to be right if they don't win the Super Bowl, if they don't make no. it to the Super Bowl. Because if they get knocked off in the AFC Championship game, you're going to say, see, I told you they were never Super Bowl contenders. But that's not, that's not true because what we're looking at now when we're halfway through the season is who are the teams that could conceivably go all the way? And you're, obviously you got to look at the leaders of every division, and especially you got to look at the team that's – right now going to get that one buy. That one buy is a big deal in the AFC and the NFC. And so to me, they're contenders. I don't know how big your list of contenders is, but mine's got four teams on it and the Steelers are definitely one of them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, no. Nope. Can't, you cannot sell me on the Steelers right this second. Who are your other, uh, so who are your AFC contenders for the Super Bowl? AFC, I would probably say I would say the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, 
man, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know who else. Like for the Super Bowl. I mean, Chiefs, and then we got close. You know, we got a couple. We got a couple second tier teams that I that I you know maybe could sneak in there. Obviously, obviously, your definition of contender is one team, since only one team will play in the Super Bowl from the AFC. Well, that's it. I cannot include <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers in that list. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, so, not impressed with the Bills at six and two. Not impressed with Tennessee and Indian. Indianapolis is the quietest five and two team out there, and. Uh, I mean, I, no, I'm, I'm impressed with the Bills. Uh, I mean, the Titans, the Colts, but I, I don't, I don't know if they have. You know, I kind of look at the quarterback situation. I don't, I don't see those teams really beating the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs are good, um, and I, you know, so I, to me, they're still the favorite to win the AFC, but, and, you know, if they play head-to-head with the Steelers and it's in Pittsburgh, I think the Steelers win. If it's in Kansas City, I think Kansas City wins. I think it's, I think they are on a collision course. But, you know, even the Ravens, there's a, all three, to me, those three teams are the best that, that, that the AFC has to offer. And you can't count out a team like Tennessee because, they can run the football, and they've got a good defense. So yeah. the Bills, I agree with you. I'm a little bit concerned about the quarterback play. Josh Allen has, you know, it's just not looked great lately. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned. They, they had to squeak out a win yesterday against the Patriots, who are not a good football team at this point. But remember, kind of what I said last week, those division games are, again, you can have a team as good as the Bills – play against the Patriots who are not as good this season and it's a close game. So it's just those division games sometimes are are, so much, are tricky. So much familiarity it makes it tough to really blow a team out. Yeah. Unless it's the Jets. Yeah, unless it's the Jets. The Jets yeah. can get the blown Jets out are by a fire sale. Huh? I said the Jets are having a fire sale this season. The Jets ought to They're find a way to opt out for the right. season. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I mean, they're zero and eight. Why not just give the ne- the le- the next eight games? Why not just give those teams wins? Let's face it. Well, I'm sure the Jets would like to because they want to draft Trevor Lawrence at number one. He's got COVID, you know I mean? man. So. He's got COVID. Gotta be careful. Yeah, he'll still go number one. Yeah, it's uh, he's not playing this weekend against Notre Dame, so that should that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a good game anyway, though. <clears throat> uh, what else you got going around the NFL? Uh, let's see. The, uh, the Chargers found another way to lose. I mean, that team should be like – they're 2-5. and five. They should be 5-2. and two. They've lost yeah. games in the second half like four times already, and it's a shame because Justin Herbert is, uh, you know, is throwing the ball pretty well. He's playing good football. Yeah, he's playing really good football. 29 of uh, 43, 278 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's the line of a 
pretty damn good quarterback. And their point differential is minus six, and they're sitting in last place. That's, I yeah, mean, that's not bad for the Chargers. That's a team that you really have to be careful with because going down the stretch, you know, teams are probably, you know, they're going to they're gonna face the Chargers. They're going to think they've got an easy win because, well, they're only two and five, and they're going to come up and bite them. I, I expect them to win a few more football games and really probably create some havoc for some teams that, that thought they had an easy, easy ride. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. <laughs> I still, I still kind of see the uh, the Raiders moving up in the seedings for some reason. Yeah, I don't, they, uh, they beat the uh, the Browns, right? They beat the Browns, right? The Browns showed absolutely no offense. Well, both teams. I mean, the score was like sixteen to six or some shit like that. Yeah, but I mean, you're looking at. I mean, look at Baker Mayfield, twelve for twenty five, a hundred and twenty two yards. I mean, that's just – that's beyond bad. I, I, I just can't – I can't see him being the quarterback of the Browns long-term. For this season, maybe, but fuck, even next season, I mean. Yeah, but here's the thing. What are they going to do? It, it, you know, they're 5-3, and three, so they're on pace for a 10-6 and six season. A 10-6 and six season is not going to get them a very high draft pick, so unless they trade out the farm and move up, chances are he's going to be their quarterback. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, we have. I mean, projections are 10-6, and six, but, I mean, do we really think the Browns are a 10-6 and six team? I, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? They're probably not. No, and but remember, remember, have- they get to play the NFC East. That's four wins right there. Nah. You're asking nah. them to, you're asking them to nah, go six and six the rest of the way. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Are they a five hundred team? I think they're about a five hundred team. So yeah. six and six is completely reasonable. And four and zero oh with the NFC East, that's completely reasonable too because the NFC East is. A house of horrors. It's Halloween every day in the NFC East. Yeah, yeah. The NFC East is uh is uh the best worst division. <laughs> they are the worst of the worst divisions. I mean, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Uh, what was awful last night between the Eagles and the Cowboys was that freaking call that. <laughs> Wasn't overturned uh, for a for a, uh, you know uh, what's his name whatever that fucking fourth stringer quarterback the Cowboys had fumbles. Danucci. Yeah, whatever. That poor kid. I felt bad for him. Yeah, he looked like he was really trying, but I mean, he's just you know he's just not that fucking good. Well, you know, there's a reason why he was the third string quarterback and. You know, I don't even know if he was drafted or not. You know, but I couldn't like tell was, who the third. I couldn't tell who the third string quarterback was, him or Carson Wentz. You know, Carson Wentz, as good as he has been at times, there are times where he looks like a rookie quarterback. I mean, he he looks some of his decision making. I just I don't understand. I mean, you've got to you're out of the pocket. 
You've got a guy bearing down on you. Throw the football away and, and yeah. don't take a 12-yard sack. But yet he does it, and he does it consistently. Like, I mean, he does it more than once a game. It's I, I really don't understand what's happened with that guy. I don't know if he does not trust his mobility since he got injured a few years ago or – or if I, I just I don't I don't get it. It's very confusing. Yeah, with once I mean it's I think it's a lot of factors. I think number one is they don't have a good offensive line. Like they, I think the Eagles yeah. have given up like the most sacks in the league. He's got no real go-to wide receivers. Um, and then the other thing is, I've heard he's taken painkillers. You know, he had, he had a, uh, you know, he had, he's had injury issues. Mm -hmm. So it might be like, some of it is decision-making, like, like you said, throwing the ball away. And then, uh, you know, uh, it might be that he's just not comfortable playing quarterback out of fear of getting hurt again. You know what I mean? That's kind of a problem. That's kind of a problem when you line up behind the center and take the snap on every play though. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's it's a little bit of everything, I think, with with Carson Wentz, which is a shame because you know, think about it. He was on he was on his way to win an MVP that season yeah. in 2017, and then you you know season ending surgery, and then you, the backup comes in, wins the Super Bowl for you know helps win the Super Bowl for the team, and you're kind of. An afterthought at that point. Yeah. So it kind of, uh, you know, a little bit is between the years. I think with Carson. It might Wentz. be. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. That might very well be the case. Hey, since we're on the NFC, you only have one contender in the AFC. Who are your contenders in the NFC? Uh, I think at the top, it's got to be the the Seahawks. I think it's got to be the Seahawks at this point. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind, and he's got a lot of options at receivers. I like the Packers, too. Um, I, I like the Packers, too, even though they they lost yesterday to the Vikings. But, I, you know, yeah, that's one team right there that should trade for J.J. Watt. That would be such a perfect addition the for Packers? the Packers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it would benefit both the Texans and and the Packers. Yeah, the Seahawks look look great and I I certainly think that they're a contender. My only fear with them is that division is that division is tough and they're going to you know knock each other around in a 15 round prize fight every single week. By the time they get to the playoffs, they may be out of gas. And I mean I, the same thing would hold for Arizona, Los Angeles, the Rams. And, and the Niners. I mean, the Niners are four and four in their last. Um, so you know that division has the exact opposite of the NFC East, right? They they well, can have and, a and whole the bunch of teams. You got to throw the Buccaneers in there too. I mean, yeah, they got a pretty good fucking offense, and their defense is best in the league. So yeah. uh, I'm not as sold on the hat. Packers. Uh, I think I think the real challenge in the NFC is going to be who comes out of the South. Because I still think the Saints can be really good. They're a team that if they get hot, especially towards the end of the season, they could really put it on some teams. 
and the Buccaneers, like you mentioned, are really good as well. We'll see how they do tonight against the Giants. I mean, I expect them to win, but, you know, stranger yeah. things have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Bucks should win that game. Easily. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Uh, but, what? yeah, I mean, the Saints, you know, the Saints are, you know, they're 5-2, they're and two and they've been playing without Michael Thomas the whole time. That's what I'm talking about. If he and comes back, that off- linebacker. If he comes back, that offense all of a sudden really – now that offense has vertical problems that, that other teams have to account for. And, uh, you know, that, that's why I think they could really get on a roll. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're the uh, kind of team – they're the kind of team that even if they're, if they're facing another good offensive team, the fact that they can score on every possession puts so much pressure on the other offensive team that it makes their defense actually look a little bit better, right? So right. we'll uh, we'll see, but I, you know I think they're I think they're for real. Then you've got the Bears. The Bears are five and three, and their point differential is minus three. So the the Bears I think are the flip side of the Chargers, right? A team that has a good record. You think you're going to get a, a you know a game that they're going to win, but they're not that good. And Nick Foles, Nick Foles looks pretty bad at times. I wonder, I wonder if that team can hold on to get a wild card spot. It's going to be tough because you're going to get two out of the South probably in New Orleans and Tampa Bay, and it's hard to imagine that you won't get two, if not three, out of the West. Yeah, I, you know, I saw the 49ers as a team that could sneak in there, but I think they have way too many injuries. Oh. Jimmy G went, went down again. Kittle left the game yesterday, so I'm gonna backtrack, and I don't know that the I don't know that the 49ers are gonna sneak in there. I thought they would sneak in. I don't see them sneaking in, which that will open the door. I'm guessing right now for the Bears to maybe get that you know play for that those last two wild card spots. Right, you know, right? Yeah. Because I mean, after that, who do you, you got? The Lions, you got the Panthers, who could maybe do something. I mean, then you got Washington, Minnesota. You know, Minnesota still has a, a team that can go out there and and score, but I, I don't know. At two and five, it's going to be tough now, you know? It's a, it's a tough road for them, but if there's a if – out of all the teams, if there's a team that can get on a run and maybe even make the playoffs, I think the Vikings are it. Uh, at two and five, it, it certainly seems far away. And their performance at times tells you that there's no way, but they're a better football team than that two and five. They're the best two and five team in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their schedule is pretty favorable, I would say. They got the Lions, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Jaguars, then the Buccaneers, then the Bears again, the Saints and the Lions. So, Things could align for them here in the second half of the season to yeah. maybe, you know, get five wins. And maybe in the NFC, seven, seven wins might get you in. Well, they've, got, they've, got, they've got nine games left, right, because they're two and five. They can go six right. and three. You're looking at eight and eight. That might be enough to do it. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough with, with the way the West is. But, again, the West is – the West is tough, man. Those those teams just beat up on each other. It it could be a real problem for them coming down the stretch. 
Yeah, I think I th- I don't know, and then, and then the Rams yesterday had a really bad loss. Like they outgained the Dolphins and and everything, but the Dolphins came. Dolphins defense came to play, so now that kind of makes you makes you wonder about the Rams a little bit. You the, know, like the Rams to me have been the toughest team to figure out all year because they have games where they look complete. Their defense is on point. The offense is moving the ball. And then they have games where more so on the offensive side of the ball than the defense than the defensive side of the ball. But sometimes offensively they struggle to move the ball. And I don't know if that's a Jared Goff issue or if that's just a personnel issue. The line isn't great, and so the running game isn't really there. And and that makes see, it the Rams, to look. Yeah, see, look, the Rams are another team. Cowboys, Eagles, they beat. Lost to the Bills, beat the Giants, beat the Washington uh, Washington team, lost to the to the to the uh, 49ers, beat the the Bears, lost to the Dolphins. I mean, see that it's just not really you know. And I know this is not college football, but those are just not quality wins. You know what I mean? Those are just wins you you know that are a given. I mean, you can't beat the Bills. You can't beat the Dolphins. Now you got now 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 it's going to get really tough for them because now they play the Seahawks, the Bucks, the 49ers again, and the Cardinals. So that's their next four. Those are going to be really. Huh? That's their next four. That's their next four. Whew. That so is now a we're rough talking, stretch. Yeah, because now you know you got to play within the division. And then you got to play the, the Buccaneers who are going to, you know, probably tire you out a little bit. Right. So the yeah, wheels could probably, fall off the Rams bus. That's, that's probably a tenuous five and three right now. For them yeah. to make it to 10 might be, might be tough. If half of your yeah. schedule is those four teams the back to back to back to back weeks, that's a tough, that's a tough road to hoe. Yeah. So all of a sudden, see, so now when we look at it like that, we're kind of like, okay, well, damn, the Seahawks might just run away with this division, maybe. And well, you, it, still got, you still got Arizona. They're 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 they'll they'll keep playing competitive football, I think. But I, you know, that could be another team that could sneak in there, maybe again, right? Because we think, or I think, the 49ers might fall back, and the Rams might yeah. have a slip up here. It could open a door for. A team like the Cardinals, you're right. Right. And it could, you know, that kind of – with the Niners having injuries and that tough stretch for the Rams, it could really open something up for a team like the Vikings. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it would be – the, the NFC looks like it's going to be pretty interesting with the exception of the NFC East because the NFC East is a house of horrors again. Um, it should be – the NFC should be pretty interesting the rest of the way. It's funny how the NFC is always interesting or more interesting than the AFC, but not because the teams are good. It's because the teams are just mediocre and we're waiting for the teams to just play like themselves, right? Not not as good. Whereas in the AFC, you have a little more, you know, teams that are a little more solid, well-rounded, right? Like, you know, they're good. Right. We see it year in and year out. Right. Where, right. you know, the, the contenders or, you know, the teams that are primed to to make it far are, are the same. There seems to be in the AFC, there seems to be a bigger disparity between the haves and the have nots. Right. 
Right. In the NFC, right. everyone's a little more compressed, it feels like. So if you were yeah. to rank them 1 to 16 in the AFC, at some point there's a big drop-off. Whereas in the NFC, the big drop-off doesn't happen until you get to the NFC East. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you rank the top 12 teams from both conferences, the top 12 in the NFC are much more compressed than the top 12 in the AFC. There's a, at yeah. some point in the AFC, it just all goes to hell in a handbasket. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Stuff. And that's been the landscape of the NFL, it seems, for a few years now. For a while, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's interesting. The one interesting thing to me is go look at point differentials. And if you look at point differentials, it really kind of shakes your confidence, right, in some teams. Like the Bills at 6-2 and two are minus one, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of what shakes your confidence in the Bills. They're not really beating the teams that they should beat by a considerable margin. And then they're losing games where they're getting smoked. Um, the Browns are five and three point differential minus 31. That's a lot, you know? Yeah, but see, but, but, but you got to be careful when you look at, at, at that sometimes because a team like the Bills, they're not a high powered offense like the Chiefs are, right? but they mm-hmm. play really good defense. The Browns are not a high-powered offense, and they give up a lot of points, you know? So yeah, I, I think that's – But I think at the end of the day, it's, when you're looking at two, three, four weeks into the season, I agree with you. But when you're looking at eight games, I think that starts to tell you that there's some kind of imbalance there where they've, they've, they've made their way through some tight games that they may not get in the second half of the season is my point, right? So the right. Bills are winning close games. As the season goes on, they may not win those close games. And now your 6-2 and two is backed up with a 4-4, four and four, and you're looking at a team that's really a shaky 10-6 and six overall. I think that's the, that's, that's the concern. Same thing in the NFC when you look at – you know, the Bears at five and three, yeah, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder a little bit. Their, their point differential is minus five. And, you know, all season we've expressed a lack of confidence in the Bears. So it kind of makes you wonder what's going to happen in the second half. Things to look yeah. for. Yeah. You got anything else on the NFL? Uh, no, man, just uh... – Gonna get did ready you, for the game tonight. Did you happen to catch the um, the ending sequence of the Gervonta Davis Leo Santa Cruz boxing fight this weekend? No. <laughs> so I just I, saw the, the I saw the punch, but I didn't see. Yeah. Well, that's that. my point. That Gervonta Davis his nickname is Tank, and it looked like he absolutely. Blew a cannonball with that uppercut at Santa Cruz. I thought he, I thought he took his head off. Yeah, that, that looked was, like a cartoon. That, that certainly looked uh, Mike Tyson esque to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! What a shot! And you know that guy. I think that guy would be really good. He needs to stay focused. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of issues outside the ring. Uh, but if he stays focused, he's going to be a problem. Uh, for everyone. And I mean, that shot was, I mean, unreal. If you heard it and if you like 
if, if they took away the sound of the announcers and you just heard it, I mean, you could hear the thud. It was unreal, unreal. That's one of the really eerie things about these fights, UFC and boxing with no fans. Sometimes when you hear those shots, wow. Yeah. Tough way to make a living. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Count me out. I couldn't do it unless you're paying me a good amount of money. I don't know, man. I don't know that I'd scramble the brains for a million bucks, you know, two million bucks. Yeah. Once you well, pay taxes and stuff, you don't have that. Once you pay taxes and your management, you don't have that much left. And, and you know, the brain, you kind of need the, you know, you need the CPU in there working for a good long time. I don't know that I would do it. Yeah, and then you got these fucked up looking ears. Screw that. <laughs> these guys are getting knocked out to the point that they're drooling on themselves and you're worried about cauliflower ear. Yeah, I like my <laughs> ears, bro. Look, these are perfect ears right here. <laughs> what is the per I mean, have you ever looked at a chick and gone, oh, look at that. She's got perfect ears. You know, <laughs> this, this is where us men get screwed again I, I i don't remember coming across a female with ugly ears like they they're usually like perfect and small like you know perfect size ear that like they're not too big right that they don't stick out like this although if we we, we may remember one that had the satellite ears she's probably listening right now but <laughs> exactly but i don't i don't come across a lot of female that that i notice with like ugly looking ears you know like yeah i don't i, I don't i I've, I've never looked at a chick and gone nice ears <laughs> maybe i just don't pay attention i don't know i would like to slobber all over those ears baby <laughs> oh if i could run my tongue along those earlobes <laughs> <laughs> however many listeners we have they yeah. are now gone we have no no listeners now. Your ears are so perfect, I would suck the earwax out of them. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's where we got to go. Uh, uh. What else All right, you man. Got? You got anything else? Nah, man. That's it. Let's wrap this puppy up. All righty. As always, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to share your ear fetishes with Alex, Alex, how do they do that? On Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. Don't send me any of your ear fetishes, but you can reach me to talk sports on Twitter as well, at emontana21. Tomorrow is election day. Go out and vote. Don't vote. Vote for this guy. Vote for that guy. Don't care. We are all Americans. We are all one. And as always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.